Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, 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 Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 784. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Bits of UFC, bits of Bellator to get stuck into from a stellar show in Dublin as well. Mm. Uh, please subscribe to us, therefore you never miss out on any of our stuff that we bring you. Uh, you can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, everything's on there, any different audio feed, go and get stuck into that. And you can also subscribe to us via YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you are looking for. Be part of the community, make it grow. There's a MMA podcast twice a week, reviews and previews. And we also get stuck into some of the big topics as well, of which we're going to shoehorn into today's show because there's been some Ooh. big fight announcements, haven't there? You know what I mean? Dan has, mm-hmm. Dan has been going wild, man. He's been going... Mm-hmm. He, you know what I mean? Back-to-back days, just... Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm just going to add this fight to this card by the back end of the year. So, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we're going to get stuck into uh, that as well. We'll sprinkle a bit of that into uh, today's show. Uh, action-packed weekend, matey. Um, obviously, we had pals out in Dublin, didn't we? Um, winding me up. Every single post from Brendan Lockney and drinking some Guinness somewhere and doing this, that, and the other. Where are you, boys? You coming over? Well, what's the script? Listen, we've got a graft on, lad. We've got a little bit of a graft on. But it looks like, I think Molly went over as well. She mm-hmm. went over for a few scoops. The whole gang out in Dublin having a little bit of a party. Fingers crossed. Doesn't look like it's likely now this year seeing as that we've got some fight announcements to uh, throw your way. Uh, But fingers crossed, the UFC do get their act together and do UFC Dublin, which we're tipping for July next year. I know there was a rumor for December, but fingers crossed they do a UFC Dublin in the middle of Mm -hmm. next year. Sun blazing. Yeah, over the Liffey. Get down Temple Bar. Oh, mate. You know me, I'm, I'm not a big Guinness drinker, but when I go to Dublin, I'm on the Guinness. Oh, sorry, Case Connor's watching. Black Forge, what's it called? Forge Irish called- Stout is his drink, there, and his and his booze is called the Forge. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. I'll be in there. Forged Irish Stout up to me tits. Why not, mate? <clears throat> uh, do, yeah, you- do you want to start? We may as well start there. Actually, since no, what you've well, teed well, it up. I'm, no, I'm just. I'm just thinking it. Whenever I've got we, uh, I've told you about me. Uh, I think I've told you about me, uh, me. Me last Dublin story. Four days in Dublin, just on the black stuff. Only the black stuff. No other drink. Just the black Jesus. stuff. Jesus. You should you should have seen them bowels by the time yeah, I got yeah. to the Sunday. The fourth day, my friend, there was an eruption like no other. Like um, when I drink Guinness, it's like drinking soup. It's like drinking gravy. So you it. probably don't need a meal. You didn't. You don't eat. I know we usually say eating's cheating on a night out, but you wouldn't need to eat if no. you just drink. Odd burger. Odd burger Stout. every now and again, just to keep you going. Yeah, exactly that. Heavy Mate, man. Creamy stout, nothing better. Nothing better than it. It does make you a little bit sleepy, though. It's not It's not really party juice, I'll be honest with you. It's sat down, listened to some Irish band, giving it one of them type, when, of, um, type of vibes. When I had it, when I was in... Because I can't drink it outside of Dublin. I think it's a bit too heavy on your stomach, especially on a night out. I can't... Oh, it's can't proper stuff in Dublin. Six pints of Guinness and then, and then go to a nightclub. Not that I've been to a nightclub this side of fucking the last two decades. But you know what I mean. Yeah. A couple of, you know me. If we go to a bar, whether we've had one or we've had 21, if there's a comfy chair, that's the yeah. end of me. That's me game over. So Mate, I can't sit in I've a got, comfy I've chair. I've got countless videos of you fast asleep no. in Las Vegas on a comfy Mate, chair, sunshine. I can't. I, if I go near a comfy chair, I'm fucked. 
And and Guinness makes that tenfold because I find it so heavy on the stomach. But when I went to Dublin many moons ago, and we were down Temple Bar and all that, we Brilliant. went to the, the Guinness tour and everything. It does taste different. Yeah, it does. It's a lot thinner. It's a lot lighter. Do you know what I mean? It's mad. It's, made, it's made with the water of Ireland, you see. Proper water they go. class it as. Yeah, mm. there you go. It's the proper stuff. Anyway, anyway. fingers crossed, yeah. UFC. Next get stuck July. into a little Dublin show and we get to oh, go there, yes. get stuck in. Atmosphere is outstanding, isn't it, mate? I mean, like I said, I only consumed it through the television at the weekend, but the atmosphere at Bellator 299 Dublin was just outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, you could you, just watching it on the uh, on the iPlayer. I did it on live. Uh, I'd watched a bit of uh, watched a bit of rugby, watched a bit of football, got back, put uh, the boxer on, but I had the volume switch right down because I had the iPad on. I had Bellator live on the iPlayer. And it was just unbelievable. The atmosphere when Sinead O'Connor was fighting Sarah Collins was mental. And I only dipped into the prelims earlier on when I was on my phone because I, I was watching, I was actually watching the Irish in the rugby against uh, South Africa. But I put it on when some of the uh, the prelims were going, Charlie Ward's walkout and all that. And the place was just fucking absolutely mental. Again, just makes me so excited for when the UFC go back there next year. Because it's mm. going to be insane. It kind of petered out a little bit towards the end, but you would expect that with them being a lack of Irish involvement at the very top of the cards. But then I think we got two massive performances. Adam Pico was unbelievable. Fabian Edwards was unbelievable until he wasn't unbelievable. Until Johnny really? Eblen did his thing, yeah. Uh, before I talk, before I talk about Fabian and, and Johnny Eblen, just on Adam Pico. Because we've had, we highlighted him years ago. We've been doing yeah. this podcast now coming up to eight years. And he was one of the first young, hot prospects in MMA that we were kind of throwing your way. So, listen, keep an eye on this guy. He could be this. He could be that. Yeah. Um, and he had some bumps. Major bumps. Debut. Remember he lost his day. We were like on this podcast. Yeah. Year one of us doing it. And we were like, this kid, he's like been built to be a, the next MMA superstar. He was a... <laughs> Golden Gloves champion. He was a brilliant Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. And he was a Pancration champion. Now, Pancration was a yeah. basically MMA in the fucking ancient days when the Olympic Games first started. The first carnation of the Olympic Games. There was a sport called Pancration. And it was hand-to-hand combat, striking, wrestling, submissions. You na- Basically, it was MMA thousands of years ago in loincloths in the Acropolis. And that sport's got this weird resurgence and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Adam Pico was a champion in that as well. So ahead of his debut in 2017, we were on this podcast going, we're brand new, we're the Fight Disciples, we know what we're talking about. This guy's good, Adam Pico. He's the future of the sport. And then he lost on his debut. <laughs> and then everybody came at us and gave us a shit. But yeah. we only had seven followers then, so it was all right. <laughs> yeah. But look at him now, right? We're, we're looking at the, not only are we looking at the the evolving mixed martial artist, but also as a human being, obviously he was a very young lad. When, yeah. we, when we're claiming this is going to be the kid, this is coming through, you could see that raw talent. And obviously when, obviously all those likes are on you, you don't know how people are going to deal with that. You don't know how they're going to deal with the moment. But you've got to take your hat off to him, mate, because a lot lesser human beings will crumble under the pressure and the stresses and the, and the spotlight. This kid, He's had his bumps. He's been stopped. And, you know, there's nothing more raw than than fighting in front of millions of people as this lad has been doing. And he has matured into a sensational fighter. And that kind of was just on display for me at the, at the weekend. He's here now. Aaron Pico now has evolved as a guy, as a man, but he's also evolved as a fighter. And he is now starting to look like everything that we said seven to eight years ago, mate. He was super, super impressive. Just his interviews as well are far more, in you know, the far more proper and the believable. And I'm I'm super excited. He's still only a young lad, so I'm I'm yeah. still on the Aaron Pico train, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing how far this uh, this thing goes now because he seems to have just steadied it out and he's on a good run. He's looking good. Fighting well, taking care of business. Get excited. We could we could regurgitate the shows from eight years ago now. Here he is. Here's the lad. Well, listen, we weren't alone in, in talking no, about him not like that fucking seven, eight years ago. You know, this is a kid that 
in high school. He was like the number one high school wrestler in America. And he was, you know, he got like a clothing deal. He was signed by Nike at one one stage in his early days as well. I think that meant he, he came in breach of his in moving to university to wrestle and he fucked it off anyway because he was like, what am I going to university to wrestle for? There's no money in it. And the, the final goal is being an MMA fighter. I'm 18. I'm just going to go and be a fucking MMA fighter. So there was always going to be a learning curve. But again, at the same time, he's the best high school wrestler in America. He's a Golden Gloves national champion. He's fucking fighting in pancreation tournaments. You know, he'd already joined all the dots together before the sport joined the dots together. And he has been on a journey. But his last nine or ten fights, he's lost only one. That one fight he did lost, he had to retire because of a shoulder injury. So that's yeah. obviously got an asterisk next to it. He's in incredible form right now. And you're right, he's evolved into something very special. And it hasn't been a singular journey. He was at American Top Team, one of the best gyms in America. Then he moved. Now he's at Jackson Wink, traditionally one of the best gyms in the sport. Greg Jackson, one of the greatest minds in the sport. Fucking basically put John Jones together from scratch. And he's evolved now. You know, he's done everything. He's, he's one of them guys. He's, he's been box, he, his boxing coaches, Freddie Roach, his fucking yeah. jiu-jitsu coaches, disc. You know what I mean? He's put all the pieces together himself. And it has been a journey. But he is 27 years of age now. And he does look like something incredibly special. Now, Bellator signed him out of high school. He's been at Bellator basically the entire journey. Yeah. And unfortunately, without knowing the kid that well, I would suggest that means that he's probably going to spend, if not all his career, the bulk of his career in Bellator because they've nurtured him, they've invested in him, they've probably got him locked down on a massive contract. Now, speak purely from a from a, a MMA point of view and a fan's point of view, that's disappointing because Bellator is not the UFC and UFC is the Champions League of the sport. And I want to know how far he would go. I want to know how good this kid actually is. Now he's got to win the Bellator bantamweight t- featherweight title. Yes, he's got to start a reign there, and it might be a bit of a Michael Chandler situation where, mm. at the end, when he's defined as Bellator legacy, he then yeah. moves over, which hopefully one day happens, or hopefully the sport changes, and hopefully we will be able to one day go, "This is the guy." But you're right; we were right. It's been a journey, but he's took us a bit. It and took us Adam a bit. Pico, if you haven't seen him already. This is a guy. This is a guy wherever he's fighting in the world, you've got to buy a ticket for because he's a little bit of a generational talent. I think he's fucking incredible. Incredible. Yeah. We're just getting Com- started. I completely agree. Uh, now, even though I listen, and this comes from just personal and, and involvement with, with people, we wanted the main event to go a different way. I'm not going to lie to you. Not going to lie. That's what we wanted uh, uh, to happen. What a story that would have been for the Edwards boys. We knew it was the... tough, though. Oh, we yeah, said on we Thursday it was tough. Johnny Ablin was favourite for a reason. Yeah, we said on the show. Listen, we said heart, we want Fabian, but head, if you were going to bet on it, you would you would go towards Johnny Ablin because it is absolutely an incredibly tough fight. We give you the full preview. Go back and watch it if you yeah. want to. Um, and it turned out to be just a step too far. Even though he, he had major amounts of success in this, Fabian, he just got caught. When that opportunity did arise, Eblin just showed how bloody good he is. Now, I'll come to Fabian in a minute and all the aftermath and all that type of stuff. If you take a step back, move, remove your emotions from knowing either of these athletes and just view it as it is, Johnny Eblin's a fucking star, man. He's an apps. He's got it. He mm-hmm. talks the talk, walks the walk, delivers... You know what I mean? He can suffer adversity. He'll fight through fucking horrific cuts all over his face. Yeah. Mate, he's special. He's special. I don't know how many more top level, top tier level of opponents there are for him in Bellator. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see him have a little bit of a dance in the UFC to see if he can fucking mix it with the lads over there because Jesus Christ, man. He's, the, he's one of the biggest stars outside the UFC. No doubt in my mind about it. He knocks about with the right company. He's fucking mates with Dustin Poirier and the gang. Yeah. He's got it. Johnny Eblen has got it. Well, if you speak to anybody that trains at ATT, from Poirier to Masvidal to fucking, you know, the, the plethora of the guys there, if you speak to the coaches there, 
your Mike Browns of this world and everything else, if you speak to them and you ask about who the killer is on the mats, who's the guy in the gym where is at a level where everybody else is aiming towards, co- competing towards, who's the guy that necessarily isn't as famous as half a dozen names on the mats, but is fucking as talented. And they all come out with the same name. It's always Johnny Eblen. It's always, he's special. He's an incredible fighter. And that's from the mall. Mm. So, and we're, we're seeing it. The problem is not enough people are seeing it. And that's down to the fact that these are just the facts of life. Bellator is not the UFC. Bellator is not the pinnacle of this sport. Johnny Eblen is at the pinnacle of where he is right now. What does that amount to over on the other side? This is very different from the Alan Pico situation. Alan Pico has not won the belt yet. Alan Pico hasn't really defined his name yet. But Johnny Eblen has got a perfect record. 14 fights, 14 wins. He's got... Half of those wins have been knockouts. He's got incredibly good hands. Well, he's got really good evolving hands. His wrestling is... Fucking unreal. Absolutely sensational. And... He's a different guy. And I think at a gym like ATT as well, where there's a lot of UFC guys with a lot of UFC money knocking about in that gym. And Johnny Eblen, with all due respects on Bellator money, with Bellator respect. We've seen it. We, we did the whole story with Michael Chandler. Michael yeah. Chandler was the Bellator poster boy, the multiple weight world champion, been there his entire career, established himself, made the money, done this, was the biggest star they had. And he said... I had to leave because I had to know. I had to come over. And he also knew he was leaving serious money on the table because he was one of the best guys in the world in his weight division, but he was in a second-rate organization. And he had to come over to the UFC. We're starting to get that now. I know he's only had two defenses of this title now, Johnny Eblen. There's probably two or three legit guys in Bellator going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I deserve my shot. Yeah, I get it. But if you're in the Johnny Eblen business, if you're his management team, you're already in conversations with the UFC to go, right, we've got this left on the contract and then we're coming over. And just like Michael Chandler, we want X, Y, Z level of opponent when we do come over. I think those conversations for Johnny Eblen's career and his legacy should already have taken place. Yeah. On the flip of this, if we're just analysing the fight, I thought Fabian was fucking brilliant, mate. It was two rounds up. <laughs> I was gutted. Mate, it was two mate. rounds up. I thought Perfect. he was brilliant. I thought yeah. he was calm. He was patient. The the situation didn't get to him. Of course, Eblen's chain wrestling and chucking all this stuff together is a daunting prospect. He didn't panic. Yes, okay, he got dumped a couple of times, but he was straight back to his feet. Yeah. And then he's work off the clinch. That's when he ended up splitting Eblen's face wide open. Yeah. He was ace, mate. He, he inflicted, for 10 minutes, he inflicted the most amount of damage on Johnny Eblen, and he and he was rightfully, in my opinion, up two rounds. I looked at the cards, and they've got a split on... Two of the judges have got a split, but one of the judges had, it, had, it, had him two rounds up. I thought, yeah, it, that was absolutely the, the tail of the tip. Again, you've got to flip that back towards Johnny Eblen. He yeah. probably knew that as well. He upped the pace again in the third round went a little bit harder and just managed to get off the work that he was trying to get off in the first 10 rounds, um, of which he was unsuccessful in that first, sorry, in that first 10 minutes. He got him, he clipped him, and when he sniffed that blood, he finished him. It was outstanding. It was an outstanding fight. It was technical. It was chess. You knew that at some point it was going to go, and it's just unfortunate that it wasn't Fabian that managed to get that moment. Johnny Eblen got that moment. Congratulations to him. Fabian, dust yourself off, man. There's nothing to be uh, upset or, or or ashamed about. You, that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets in Bellator. No doubt about that. You know that you can fucking mix it at that level. We go again, bro. We go again. What a, again? I just want to keep reiterating what a brilliant finish that was from Johnny yeah. Eblen. He sniffed it and he took him out when he got the opportunity. Ten minutes were perfect. Yeah. For ten minutes, the per- the game plan was perfect. He used his reach advantage, used his height advantage to dominate the stand-up. When Eblen came forward and burst, he used his footwork to get out the way. When Eblen shot for, for takedowns or closed them up against the fence and managed to dump him down, he got back to his feet straight away. The amount of times he sprawled and just pushed down on Eblen and got away from the takedown 
brilliant. You know, they, these are really significant moments. In the first round, Evelyn shot for a takedown. Fabian just sprawled on him, pushed him away. Boom, boom, got back to his stand-up. He was absolutely faultless. After 10 minutes, again, I watched this live. The 10 minutes, I was, I was like, this is happening. This is fucking happening. Yeah. And then the one thing that I didn't see coming, and unfortunately Fabian didn't see coming, was the finish. Yeah. Big right hand over the top, caught on the blind side, the shot you don't see, rock Fabian back onto his heels. He does the right thing. He tails up a little bit. He's kind of like, kind of clear his head. But you've just got to give credit to Johnny Eblen. His ground and pound was ruthless, accurate as hell. And, it, you know, it was a good stoppage. That that elbow that yeah, dropped down on him was the, was the finishing strike. Fabian had... For 10 minutes and 15 seconds, perfect, man. You nailed it. But it was the right hand you didn't see that caused the damage. And that's what great fighters do. They 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 pounce, they see a moment, they land something, and they know when to go. And Johnny Eblen went. And, yeah, you, you feel for Fabian because... Yeah, you do. You know, in, in that moment, if had he seen that shot coming, he could maybe got his hand up, might have been able to slip it, might have been able to ride the punch a little bit, but he just didn't see that shot coming over the top. And once he went backwards and Eblen pounced on him, you know, as soon as Fabian's back hit the canvas, it felt like Eblen was already like coming yeah, down on him. He was so quick and it was just over. You know, you, in one minute, you're in euphoria. You're like, Fab's going to do this. This is going to be what a fairy tale. What a fairy tale. Bump. What? The fight's over? Shit. Gutted for him. Yes. And then obviously you get the melee at the end. You get a little bit of aftermath, don't you? Yeah. Now, again, because of uh, emotion, you look at it and you start to get angry with Johnny Evelyn because he's in, he's over the top of obviously Fabian once he's finished him and he's fucking saying whatever he's saying. I didn't see anything throughout the course of the week to obviously warrant that, but you know, listen, we're in a fight. There's emotions running absolutely, absolutely through the roof. So yeah. he's over the top. He's in Fabian's face. Referee shoves him off. He's running around the blooming uh, cage. He's making a shitload of noise. Obviously the lad's high as fuck. He knows that he's just lost the first 10 minutes and he turned the fight on its ass. And he's Except kept Leon, you're next. You're next to Leon. Right. But then he starts fucking getting stuck into Leon Edwards. Right, as Leon Edwards obviously comes into the cage to check on his brother, and Leon responds, doesn't he? Now, Leon, my friend, you're going to get shitloads of this now with Mr. Colby Covington because this is what these American wrestlers do, my friend. Yeah, yeah. it's a character. That's what they're doing. If you take a step back from it, from a like I said a moment or two ago, of course you get a little bit angry because. You're on the side of Fabian Edwards. You're going, don't you? What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Getting in his face and doing that, you fucking cheeky bastard, and all that type of shit. But if you take a step back from it, Johnny Eblen's played a fucking blinder. Johnny Eblen's in the Johnny Eblen business. If you don't have to love him, you can hate him if you want. You're going to fucking tune in, aren't you? That's the game that we're in. He gave everybody that he's not emotionally connected to it. The moment he gave you a stellar knockout and then he gave you some fucking mad shit at the end of the fight for you to be, be, be attached to. Colby Covington does the same thing, man. He does the same thing. He's going to say mad shit during fight week, UFC 296. He's going to say a lot of mad shit of which might rile up people. Got to, st got to keep your head in the fridge, aren't you? Got to I liked it. I liked Leon getting in the in the cage because he's, you, they've, they've set a narrative up. If Evelyn does come over to the UFC, mm -hmm. there's a narrative there, isn't there? Right, I'm going to go up to middleweight and fucking appease my brother's situation in Bellator. You've got a fight already lined up. Mate, it had everything about it, even though the result was fucking not what I wanted, absolutely not what I wanted. Everything about it was, from a Bellator point of view, perfect. Perfect. You had the perfect ending to their show for, from their point of view. Yeah, of course, because it created viral moments. When, when it played out, though... Yeah, like, I'm, angry, I'm angry as fuck shouting at TV, going, you cheeky bastard, do him, Leon! Get in there! Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then literally minutes later, once Johnny Eblen goes back to his corner and he settles him down and whatever else... Yeah, he's and cool, man. Next thing you know, Johnny Eblen, you see him then going over to see if Fabian's all right, and then he, he's, he's talking to Leon, and Leon's... To him, and they're all shaky hands, and it's all fine then. And you know, that's fight sports. I've got no issue with Johnny Eblen reacting no, the way because adrenaline's through the roof, man. And there is an element of like, I'm away from home, 
I'm not only fighting this guy, I'm basically fighting his brother, who's the UFC champion. They're in me face. They've got a squad around them, you know, and there's there's the whole Masvidal history with Leon. Masvidal's Johnny Eblen's boy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, a, there's all yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff sure. in there as well. And I'm guessing, I didn't see it in on media, but I'm guessing behind closed doors, there was a lot of, you know, sizing each other up, one squad to the other squad and all that, because at and squad, or at least Masvidal's squad, did get, you know, they get a cheap shot off on Leon and that shit isn't, isn't put to bed yet and all that stuff. So there's a, there's all that kind of narrative undertone to it as well. But, you know, as expected, they all shook hands at the end. It was all, it was all nice, but these, you're right. There's a, there's a narrative there. I think, I think Colby's a completely different case. Like Leon, like any fight, I'll tell you, Leon's more emotionally involved because Fabian's fighting. There's fuck all he yeah, can do right. about it. Yeah, fair enough. If fair Leon's enough. fighting with Colby, Fight week. Leon won't give a fuck, man. The guy's Jamaican. Come on, man. He won't get ruffled <laughs> at all by anything Colby Covington's got to say. I'm convinced of it. Fabian might, because Fabian will be emotionally involved because it's yeah. Leon fighting and he can't do anything yeah, about yeah. it. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's I think that's where we are with it. But yeah, in terms of Fabian, just one last thing. If we're right, if Johnny Evelyn's destined for the UFC in the imminent future, mate. That belt ain't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Right now, Fabian Edwards, as you said, no one's done that to Johnny Eblen. No one's put it on him for two rounds like that. I think Fabian's in a real strong position. If yeah. he were to choose to stay with Bellator, that um, that in the shakeup of potentially Eblen moving on again, we're putting we're putting uh, we're putting two and threes together here with no real account of it. But if that were to happen, Fabian Edwards right there, man, he's right in the mix still. Yeah. Um. Speaking of disappointment, how fucking heartbroken were you when Fazeev's knee went? We move over to the UFC now, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. We've gone from yeah. Bellator Dublin to the UFC Apex. How gutted were you when Fazeev's knee just buckled on him? I hadn't seen the results. I'd stayed away from it, and I'd I'd, I'd seen um, a thing on uh, Fazeev's Insta. And it was Fazeev in the hospital going like, hey, fucking hell, look at, the, look at the fight game. And I seen Michelle Waters and Gomez and Bryce, and Bryce Mitchell. Mitch. The yeah. three of them were on gurneys next to each other in this like hospital waiting room. And that's that's the only thing I'd seen. So I was like, oh shit, all three of them got beaten. I was like, well, not, not necessarily. <gasps> okay. And I watched the card and we'll come back to the two on the undercard, but straight to the top of the bill. I'm watching it. And I'm watching the first round. And at the end of the first round, I'm thinking, Gamrot must have been in a different room then because I can see what's happening here. This yeah. is fucking superb. This yeah, is yeah. two of the best lightweights in the world with their A game. And that first round, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Have I got a drink? Am I comfortable? Are the kids fucking got their iPads? Do not disturb signers on the living room door. This is going to be awesome. And then... the Injury, almost almost Tom Aspinall-esque against Curtis yeah. Blades. I was like, you bastard. You've just robbed from us what was shaping up to be something very, very special. Good. Oh, what a round. That first round. Well, the first, first six minutes were brilliant. Fazee was so fast. He switched on. Incredible shape. Being able to stop the takedowns when Gamrot fired in, but also get his shots off as combinations. Gamrot was proving, man, I've got hands to live with you. And Gamrot's landing big shots and rocking Fazeev everywhere. And when he was scrambling and takedowns, you were like, oh shit, mate, that the first six minutes, that was shaping up to be a fight of the year contender. It really yeah. was. I mean, we robbed of it. I was gutted, man. I agree, man. I really hope that Rafa's not out for too long. It's, it looks like, I haven't seen the diagnosis, but it looks like an ACL. <sighs> because if you, his knee slips, which he's obviously, and again, I'm guessing, so I don't want to, you know, upset too many of his fans, but it, it looks, it's got all the hallmarks of an ACL injury, which is a fucking long time in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, absolutely gutted for him. I'm gutted for Gamrot as well. I know that Gamrot gets the win and he moves on. He wouldn't have but, done it. He wouldn't have wanted done it like that. He wants it to be absolutely conclusive. It's it's obvious that it's the knee injury as to why 
the yeah. the the fight comes to that type of, of conclusion. Collapsed. Yeah, yeah. But he he takes his slot, and um, obviously he'll have to move forward now. I'm sure they'll meet again. You're young enough to to meet again as long as Rafa gets a full recovery and what have you. Um, but Gamrot moves on into uh, to looking at that top five anyway. Rather like rather like Aspinall Blades. Do you think moments like this should be called a no contest, or are you quite happy with the with the guy who suffered the injury being being afforded the loss? It's a technical knockout, mate. Yeah. It, yeah. it is. I've, it I've is, seen a few people commenting saying, "Man, it, that should just be a no contest." Uh, once that cage door closes, it's no. last man standing or last yeah. woman standing. Yeah. That, that's my opinion of it. And if an injury happens, an injury happens. The it's beauty of it is, out. yeah, man. This this isn't the mentality of mixed martial arts isn't the same as boxing. The loss means fuck all. No the loss is put into context by people who love the sport, by no, those that love the sport, by yeah. fans that engage with the sport. We put it into context. No one's gonna wake up today and go, Oh, Fazeev got beat by Gamros. That's him done. You know what I mean? We watch without even seeing it, this was a 50-50 fight. Whoever yeah. lost this fight was never going to plummet out the rankings. It was just going to be, ah, okay, this guy's moving forward. This guy's staying where he is. Interesting stuff. So that I've got no issue whatsoever if it be a, a technical uh, victory or a TKO victory in favour of Gamrot. Injury or not, the cage door closes, the cage door closes, man. One person's hand has to be raised at the end in an ideal scenario. Uh, it's tough for Rafa Fazeev. I'm, I'm gutted for him. I thought he looked great for the six minutes we got. He looked great. The, you know, the the rehabilitation after the loss to Gaethje was obviously there. He was in fantastic shape. I loved the new shaved head. He was yeah. all business, man. He looked just ripped to bits. He was fast as anything. He was ready for Gamrot. But equally, Gamrot was ready for him. Yeah. Gamrot was like, mate, like that game plan. Dom Cruz nailed it. Dom Cruz is like, because Fazeev switches off the southpaw, off the southpaw. And for most people who do that, the opponents, like we see it with Valentina Shevchenko, the first fight with Alexa Grasso. Every time she switched from southpaw to orthodox, Shevchenko, despite where she is in the pedestal of this sport, was like, oh, shit, right, southpaw reset. Oh, oh orthodox reset. Like, it kept throwing her off. Whereas Gamrot's team had obviously gone, right, as soon as that motherfucker squares up to change from one way or the other, just throw it right down, straight right hand straight down the pipe. And Dominic Cruz picked up on it straight away. And he was right every time he went. And he was going from Southpaw to Orthodox in that split second when he was squared on. Gamrot was just like, bang! Right hand straight down the middle. It was mega fantastic tactics. You can only do that, by the way, if you're in the, in the pockets. You can't be, obviously, away. You've got to be right there. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he switches, that's your trigger. Throw. But it just showed how good Gamrot is with his hands as well that he was able to just throw that right hand straight down the middle every time. Most of the time it landed too. They were both dialed in and switched on. That's the most frustrating thing. End of the first round, mate, take your pick. You won the first round. I'm, don't give a fuck. I was just getting ready for the next four. Mate, I reckon, I reckon them glasses that Gamrot wears are fucking fake, mate. Because, <laughs> mate, he's so accurate. So accurate, right? Mate! <laughs> Get to fuck. They're not real. You don't need specs. I reckon you were just trying to blag to your fucking opponents that you can't see. Exactly. Right? Like that. Every single time right now, but I'm going, eh? <laughs> You're supposed to have blurred vision, motherfucker. What the fuck? He does wear glasses about this thing. They're definitely fake. Like them joke no, ones where your eyes go big. He's trolling us all, mate. There's no way that he needs fucking specs. No way. <laughs> <laughs> he could fucking miss. That's hilarious. No, no. Okay, uh, right. Telling you. Anyway, fingers crossed. Rafa has a full recovery. I'm sure he will. They'll have the best doctors working on that knee and get him back uh, to full fitness. Don't rush it, mate. I know you're going to get frustrated. Don't rush that. Take your time. Gamrock bounces on, yes. But that fight's always going to be there. You're both young enough to to revisit it and when it does it's even bigger and fingers crossed yeah. they're doing it in front of a crowd mm. um, ideally in Europe that'd be wonderful if you could do it hey, over hey. here because I reckon you know 60,000 people checking that out in Poland or or London in March co-main events mate yeah but you know what I mean not to be sniffed at 
Would you not take Matthias Gamrot in Poland? That'd be oh fuck yeah, story, that'd be unbelievable. Come on, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, I'll tell you who else was unbelievable. I know he's listen. He's just a captivating character. So I can't take my eyes off him. Yes, okay. There's certain things that he's saying that I'm like, yeah, I, that doesn't resonate with me. What you're doing there, mate. But I get it. Yep. I, I, I get that you're just being you and you're authentic. You. I'm here to judge you as a fighter. Bryce Mitchell's fucking superb. And he's getting better. His hands yep. look solid against Danige. Danige is a great striker. Bryce Mitchell was good. Very good. And the way that he is now chaining all that together and using hands, feet, in order to do what he wants to do, which he is absolutely outstanding at, the way that he moves when he's got you in certain positions, the way that he can transition to this hold, to this move, to whether he's on your back into full mount, mate, he's just fucking frightening. He's like, a, he's, he's just like a, a cheap Gucci suit, isn't he? You can't get the fucker off. It's just outrageous. <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant performance from Bryce Mitchell. I thought he lost. Get to fuck. Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, I thought he lost, yeah. I thought he gave one rounds one and two, honest. But I thought Bryce was sensational in the third round, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he did enough for me. I don't think he did enough. I thought he lost the first round quite convincingly. Go on. Go on. I, thought he, I thought he lost the first round quite convincingly. I thought that was quite an easy round to score in favour of Danny Ige. When he finally did get the mount in the last 10 seconds or whatever, Ige had done the damage with his, with his hands, busted that eye up, caused the cut, of course. Then in the second round, same again. I thought Danny Ige lit him up. Battered his, his eye. The doctor had to be brought in with, with one minute and 50 seconds to go with the round. The doctor gets brought in. Vice Mitchell's fucking eye is cut there. It's cut under there. It's, he's battered. The, the damage is there for all to see. And then not long after that, he manages to get a takedown and he gets top position again. And he ends the round trying to fight for like an arm, an arm triangle choke. But while he's putting it in, even the commentators are like, well, it's not in deep enough because, as you can see, instead of fighting yes, the choke, Danny Gay's punching to the body. So Danny Gay's arm's in there and he's pulling it down initially and then he goes and he just starts punching to the body and the round ends with him punching Bryce's body because that submission ain't getting me, pal. So I'm like, well, I'm going to look at the first three minutes and 10, 20 seconds where Danny Gay battered him so much the doctor had to be brought into the octagon to check how bad the eye was more than... Bryce being in on top position, fighting for a choke that wasn't really on. And then, of course, listen, Bryce wins the third round. Of course, he does get to take down early, gets the body lock on, and, and he wins that round. No no question whatsoever. But for me, I've already got Danny Gay two rounds up. And I think it was only the fact that Danny Gay went back to his corner and to come out for the third round, um, Eric Nixick says to him, it's one of peace, man, go and win the third round. But I, I think that was psychological. I think in that when they come back and look at that, I think they were like, actually, we were two up in that fight. So, honestly, yeah. I, I haven't really seen anyone else talk about this. If you look at the scorecards as well, one judge scored at 30-27. Jesus. The other two judges scored at 29-28 in favour of Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. One judge gives Danny Gay the first round. The other judge gives Danny Jay the second round. So, they're not uniformed. I actually gave Danny Gay one and two. And I'll be honest, when I got seen that, when his arm got raised at the end, Bryce, I was like, mate, that's, I'm really disappointed with that. And But no one really talked about it. And I was like, maybe I'm alone. And there doesn't seem to be any headlines online. But I would also argue that's because the headlines online are all about what happened next. It's all about Bryce's speech. It's all about what Bryce said, making the yeah. donation to Hawaii, then talk about the fires being from Satan and asking Danny Gay to pray with him and Bispen being told by the earpiece, we've got to get on with the show, take the mic, you know what I mean? And then Bispen got the fallout for that. That became the story. When for me, sorry, the story was Danny Ige won that fight. I thought he won it. I had it 29 28 in favor of Ige. I'm going to go back and watch this. Please do. Thrown, Honestly, please do. I, you've thrown I mean, the cat amongst my pigeons this morning because I was like, yeah, I was just mesmerized by how good of a wrestler uh, Bryce Mitchell. Was but for the first two rounds, was. what did it actually do? What damage did he cause? What what fight-ending scenarios did he get into in the first 10 minutes compared to what Dan Ige did with his damage? Bear in mind, the doctor got brought in in round number two because the damage was so bad 
two cuts all over his eyes. The fight was almost stopped. And yet, he ends the position, he ends around in top position, but it was less than two minutes. And what what did he actually threaten once he was grappling on the ground? Go back and watch it, please. First two rounds. I, I believe Ige was two rounds up me. Okay. Um, no reason to give Bisping any shit for uh, for walking away from Can We Pray? Come on. No, you can't pray, mate. We've got a fucking TV show to do, right? We're cracking on. They prayed anyway. They got down on the knees and they did whatever they were doing. For, listen, the like I say, he says stuff, you're captivated by him. Mm-hmm. He's not the type of dude... Let, let's just say, I don't have anybody like Bryce Mitchell in my friend set. Right, there's not there's not many uh, people like Bryce Mitchell that I personally knock about with, but no. he's a captivating human being, absolutely. And there's a lot of stuff that he does say, and I think Dom actually said this in in commentary. There's a lot of things that he's, he's coming from a good place with a lot yeah. of the things that he's saying. Yeah, it's outlandish a lot of it, but it's he's, it's definitely coming from a good place. Him making a donation to Hawaii and and you know praying for those people with Danny Gay after them two going 15 minutes with each other. It's actually a beautiful thing to see, you know, seeing mixed martial arts being represented like that. I'm quite proud of, of being a fan of this sport and seeing those characters. So yeah. All right. No, you can't do it because we've got a broadcast to fucking crack on with. But if you want to sit down there, mate, and do what you want to do, you crack on. No problem whatsoever. The broadcast has to, we can't we can't stop for a sermon. It's not songs yeah, yeah. of praise, is it? We can't we can't <laughs> stop in the middle. Main events on its way in a minute, lads. Yeah, I get it. I get how it looks, but come on, man. Anybody that's ever done any live broadcasting or anything like that knows the full shit. Look at look at the way that the UFC do stuff. Every interview's rinse and repeat. The interviewer, whoever it is, hold on to your microphone. Get Don't on. give your microphone to anybody because you're fucking opening up to the wild west. You get two questions, bang, bang, get out, move. That's it. It doesn't matter the tale of the fight. You can pick that up in commentary. You can let the desk pick that up. Two questions, get out, move on. And so, listen, I know that you're going to think that we're sticking up for him, but that's just broadcasting. That would have happened to anybody, DC or anybody. Of course. Uh, And what you'll find is the, the stuff that Bryce was saying and what he wanted to do doesn't really doesn't necessarily resonate with UK in 2023 and it doesn't resonate with the East Coast or the West Coast of America. But the Bible Belt of America would have loved that bit. They'd have lapped that up and it's probably, that's probably where the noise is coming from and that's where Bryce is from. You know, Bryce connects with a different community than maybe we connect with, as you say, not many of my friends speak like that, but that's not to say it's wrong in any way, shape or form. No, it's not. That's it. You know, faith is faith. At the end of the day, people show it in many different ways and Okay, one of us, some of us comments were a little bit skew if, but then that, that's what he believes. That's what he believes, man. Who the fuck am I or you to, to disagree with the guy? Let him crack on. But as you say, there's there's a protocol to, fun, to follow. So I, I see Mike got a bit of stick for it. It made me laugh, obviously, because I love it when Mike gets a bit of stick or you get a bit of stick. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. You can do about that. Bryce Mitchell's a tough bastard, mate. Because like you said, that eye is, is closed. That eye was bad. It was bad, yeah. honestly. Really bad. Really bad. But he lost. Right, I'm going to go back and watch that, and I'll message you after uh, after this recording. I'm sure that people will comment in the uh, in the comment yeah, section. Get yourself stuck yeah. in. Let us know. Let us know what you think. I'm going to go and have a bit of a rewatch, and I'll post it up uh, on social uh, a little bit later on. I'll tell you who else is a tough bastard. Well, a, t- a tough lady, uh, Michelle Waterson Gomez. I told you last week she's too small. I'd said she's too. She's an atom weight legend, and obviously she's trying to make her way in the UFC. And the reason why she keeps falling short is nothing to do with technical ability. She's technically brilliant on the feet. She just hasn't got enough pop because she's too small. And that is evident in the fight when you've taken on Marina Rodriguez, who is a fucking savage. Absolute savage. Those Muay Thai fucking clinches, knees, elbows. Oh, mate. Honestly, I'm going to be dead honest now. I'd have waved it off. Yeah, mercy stoppage. I'd have waved it off. I was it surprised. Was, it was horrible. I was surprised the um, the corner sent it out for the second round. I've got to be honest with you. I thought it was really bizarre that the referee would stop the fight About with 30 seconds, 30 30 seconds to go, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. and get the doctor to come in and look at Waterson's eye. I think that was a mistake because 
what you've done in that moment is you give her a couple of minutes respite to get a breath back to finally fucking get Rodriguez Rodriguez offer for the respite for a moment to get the doctor to come in. He cleans the eye up a little bit so we can have a look at it. You give it a second to go, okay, calm down. Yeah. All right. Doctor says it's fine. We're going to continue. And then she's only got 30 seconds to see out the round. So by the time she goes back to her corner, she's already got her breath back. She's already kind of a little bit more like, yeah, in the moment. Yeah, yeah fine, I'm fine. Whereas if you would have waited, which you should have done with 30 seconds to go, yeah. you know, the, the, there's nothing that's going to necessarily happen in that moment, which is going to change anything. The eyes, the eye now. You've got 30 seconds to go. Just let it go to the end of the round and then and then get the doctor in. I just think that little respite might have just kidded her corner that yeah. she was a bit fresher than she actually and was. And as well, the, just just the visual for the corner to say, well, the referee, the doctor's gone all right. Doctor thinks yeah. it's okay, so we're okay. Well, I, yeah. well, no. Let's let's all judge this together, like you say, in between rounds. Because let's be honest, the visual before the fucking oh. doctor came in, it was like, Jesus, mate, this is from a horror film. You yeah. have been sliced up and you're not causing any damage back. You're not hurting her at all. She don't no. give a fuck, mate. And she's coming through and she's landing on you at will. It's the clearest tonight. It's as, it's as close as a 10-7 you're ever likely to see, mate. She just battered the shit out of her. Battered the shit out of her. Yeah. I think it was only it. it was only the bravery and the resilience yeah. of Waterson Gomez and the odd occasion where she just threw something, anything, to try yeah. and keep Rodriguez off. That was the only thing that saved her from a 10-7. It was as close, as you say, it was more 10-7 than it was, you know, 10-9. You know, it was so heavily skewed towards a 10-8. Glad to see all the judges did score it at 10-8, of course, because yeah. it, it was a clear 10-8. But, yeah, I, I just think that mistake by the referee led to there being a second round. I yeah. believe with 30 seconds more pressure from Rodriguez, she, she literally... Watson Gomez literally would have fell into a corner and it would have given the corner a clearer decision to make without the doctor's involvement to go, it ain't happening today, kid. No. Come on, let's get you out of here. You, you, you're a mess. You know, I mean, we all know what Michelle Watson Gomez looks like. She, she could be a bloody ring card girl, you know, and she was just cut to shreds. And you yeah. just, I think that moment robbed them of the influence of the doctor ultimately made them make the wrong decision. They should have waved it off. Should have been a mercy stoppage. Like what they have in amateur boxing. When you're so far ahead and they just go, right, you're 30 points ahead, now we're stopping the fight. It felt like that. From the positive point of view of this, Marina Rodriguez, we were high on her a couple of years back, uh, especially when we were lucky enough to be cage side to watch her uh, and Amanda Hibas. Mate, she knocked Amanda Hibas out twice with one shot. She was that fucking good. Uh, okay, she's had a couple of bumps and she's had bumps against top girls. Um, but that at the weekend, listen, anybody that knows MMA will look at that and they'll go, right, okay, Watson Gomez, she ain't big size-wise in order to really... But if you look at Marina Rodriguez's performance and how savage it was, it sends a message, mate. It sends a message to the whole fucking division. Jesus, you have to nail that kid because she is she's horrible. Absolutely horrible. And on the feet, she lives with 99% of the kids in this division. She is a fantastic, fantastic, savage striker. I love watching her fight, mate, because she's because mm-hmm. she's a nasty piece of work. Yeah, she she's it, it looks like this is the second coming of Marina Rodriguez. Felt now, it, didn't it? it? Felt it at the it, weekend. It felt yeah. like she's like, right, I did it all right, and maybe then I overthought her in the big fights. And I'd give away what was essentially me. I am one horrible bitch. <laughs> once I get in that cage, I'm a fucking nightmare. And she seems to have gone back to Marina Rodriguez, the fucking nightmare. Yeah. And if she can keep that mentality and go through, you know, it, it it's kind of easy against a previous opponents who you've felt who you've been in the cage with that you've got to win over before you can be like I've beat you before so the, yeah. the new me is going to destroy you and that's what it felt like and looked like and that's what it was she has to keep that attitude into fights against girls who are ranked above her maybe champions she can't like, show like what she did against Hebas Hebas yeah. went into that fight as the favourite mate yeah so and she well, absolutely murdered. she was unbelievable 
Yeah. But when she went to the next level, it was yeah. like she overthought it. It was like she was yeah. worried about what was coming back the other way rather than what she was bringing. Last night, she wasn't worried about what was coming back the other way. She was just like, I'm bringing pain and destruction and you're going to eat it up. And if she can keep that mentality, of course, she's a serious problem. Yeah. Anything else off the main card? I just want to flag something up on, on the prelims. The... <laughs> Go on. Well... When Brian Battle and AJ Fletcher fight and he came in to touch gloves, it was, it was like that scene from Phoenix Knights. I was like, how far away is he? I was like, AJ Fletcher, he can't be a welterweight. It was like he was shrunk on me telly. I was like, what the fuck? What size of that guy? Jesus Christ. It was mad. It was mad. But he won. He battered Brian Battle for the first round. And I was like, yeah, he did. Hey, I'll take you back, man. You're a killer. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Like one of Santa's L's on Steads. He was mega. But then Brian Battle, Battle. Uh, got, a, got a good finish, didn't he? Yeah, that, that rear naked choke once he cinched it in. Like he, uh... But it was funny when he had them on the ground. And he was kind of working for a Kamori. He was pulling his arm out. And Dominic Cruz was going, no good doing that. His arms are too small. <laughs> You won't be able to wrap your arms around because his arms are too little. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Tom. Take it easy. <laughs> but no, good finish by Brian Battle, but AJ Fletcher, man, yeah, Jesus Christ. I don't know, I just wasn't expecting that. I think Battle must be a huge welterweight. Obviously, Fletcher's a really small welterweight, but yeah, that kind of threw me off. I thought, listen, I thought Charles Jardine's yeah. guillotine against Ricardo Ramos was a fucking statement, man. Yeah. Ramos is a proper jiu-jitsu guy, legit. And uh, Charles Jordan. He's a striker, mate. That was just yeah. excellent. And he and he was fishing for it, man. He wanted it. Like he was badly chasing that guillotine. I know it's his thing. But to get in with a jiu-jitsu guy to just go, right, I'm going after it. Because on the comms, I think they were they were like, um, Jordan's gotta let go of that. Otherwise, he's gonna get Von flu choked. And that's all they were talking about. Like the Von Flu. Ramos was pushing his shoulder down, even though his he was in. Yeah. Obviously, the, the guillotine position, but he was driving his shot. And he was like, that's a Von Flew. You've got to let... Charles Jordan's got to let go. Otherwise, he's going to get Von Flew choked. But Jordan knew, man. Jordan was like, nah, man. You, you, you're, you think I'm playing that game, but I'm playing something completely different. And in the end, that he just kept on going for it and going for it and going for it. And when he got it, he was like, man, that's a statement. Congratulations. Mm. What a win that is. Yeah, man. Uh, the thing that I just wanted to highlight from the from the prelims, I don't know if you've seen it, Jacob Maldu, Maldu, Malkoon, should I say. Um, he, he Listen, he was awesome, and then he were, he lost via disqualification. And I've seen loads of the, um, the post-fight interviews and analysis and all this type of stuff, and he's complaining about the disqualification lost. It's your own fault, you melon, right? You can't take somebody's back and then elbow them in the back of the head. What? What are you expecting the referee to do? Yeah. You know the rules. You know where you can and you cannot strike. And even though you were fantastic and won every single second um, of that particular fight against uh, Gordy Bundage, there's, you, you presented him a gift, an absolute yeah. gift. If you're Bundage, you, you, you're thinking to yourself, right, I've just been swatted here for five minutes, yeah? This is a hard day's work. And this idiot's just smacked me in the back of the head. Yeah, I can't carry on. I'll take that. I'll take my win bonus and I'll move on in a different direction. Yeah. You can't complain. It's your own fault. You had the fight in the palm of your hand. If you'd have just shown a tiny little bit, you're on his back as well. If you'd have shown a little bit of patience, take your time. Don't make a fucking blatant error. It's not like you can class it as, oh, it's accidental. You stood here, right? You've got the dude in front of you. His head's here. Yeah, it's not accidental. Oh, oh shit! Sorry, mate. Didn't mean to do that, did I? Fucking idiots. Yeah. Of course, the referee's going to go, uh, uh, lads. Yeah, health and safety. Can't do that. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. is rules for a reason. Yes. Can't do that. Can we just separate for a second? Are you okay, mate? Well, actually, yes. I'm now fucked. you come to think of it, referee. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> you yeah, all right that, there, yeah. mate? What, yeah. mummy? <laughs> <laughs> Is it that time, mummy? Yeah. Him that was just bad. Yeah. Can't continue. Sound. Give me that win bonus. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's your own I'll fault, tell you what, pal. The, um, when the main event ended as 
as badly as it did as well with the with the knee injury. Like literally everybody on the planet dropped a proverbial groan. Everyone was like, oh no, 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 no. Except for Tim Means and Andre Fiallo, who both were like, yeah, jeez, <laughs> Because <laughs> listen, they had a brilliant fight. Like Andre Fiallo was very fight. much the punch bag. Tim Means battered them for two rounds, but he was always in it. It was super exciting. Then obviously Tim Means, mate, what a performance, turning back the clock, the old Daily Bird, getting that finish in the third round. But it was a brilliant, brilliant fight. Until you see in the first five round, five minutes of the main event, and you're like, yeah. Tim who? This is going to be unbelievable. So when that happened, I was like, I know they must be backstage, like high-fiving each other. Woohoo! Fantastic! And they ended up getting the fight of the night bonus. So I think yeah. the, the lucky man. I think one more round, the fight of the night bonus would have probably went to the main event because that first round was unbelievable. But yeah, Tim Means, Andre Fiyo, big fan of the Fiziev knee injury, the two of them. Um, that kind of concludes us talking about UFC Apex and obviously Bellator Dublin from the weekend. I know that we'll have a, an extra show coming your way this week to preview uh, the action coming up at the weekend uh, no in front action. of us. There's no UFC this weekend. Got a weekend off. But hang, hang on. I wanted, I wanted to go in a different direction here now. Did you watch? Did you watch Rod Teng and Superlek? Oh, my God, I did. <laughs> I did. Very rarely do we sit here and, uh, and preview Muta fights. Oh, boxing. oh, my God, it was insane, wasn't it? Fight the year, mate. It's, 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 if you just like... Violence. <laughs> this is the thing. It was absolutely sensational. And of what I do like, by the way, is pre-fight, pre-fight, uh, one of the fight disciples sent me uh, a criteria to score a fight, so I knew, so I knew what I was doing. Because I was like, it, it opened. I've been doing a little bit of chatting on social media, and I said, "Listen, I, I'm just watching this purely as a fan. I've no idea how to score the fight. I don't score Muay Thai fights. I don't know if there's a criteria or anything like this." And this geezer came from nowhere, and he went, "Here, bang! You kind of score it a little bit like a, an MMA fight." And I went, "All right then." Now it's made it even how more much, exciting baby? for me. But uh, mate, it was awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Super like I personally thought, rightfully gets his hand raised. Uh, I thought Rod Teng in that final round was absolutely outrageously good. Both of them, heavy kicks, mate. Suplex kicks are just fucking dirty. Obviously, Rod Teng landed that big elbow, didn't he, to split his fucking blonde bonnet wide open and turn it into a red mohawk. Yeah. Mate, it was awesome. It, it was billed by one championship as like the greatest Mai Tai fight in it ever. Yeah. And it fucking delivered, man. It Exceeded, was absolutely right. insane. You know, and I remember listening to Joe Rogan a while ago saying, I don't understand how Mutai isn't way more popular than it is. And it, will it take a big promotion? Will it take someone to really push it? I know one championship obviously put this event on. and They do a regular Thursday night fights thing out of, uh, out of Thailand. And I've listened, I've watched Mutai in the past. I've never been disappointed. It's always entertaining. When yeah. I went on my bloody uh, honeymoon, me and Jane went to the fucking Bangkok yeah, Stadium to watch it and everything. It was mega. I love it. I trained it for a couple of years at Team Cowboy. I, I fucking love the sport. But I very rarely watch it, engage with it, because it's not presented to me like we get presented mixed martial arts, for instance. There isn't a big promotion. There isn't this plethora of information. There isn't a lot of, with all due respect, Western fighters out there who are you know, transitioned over to the mainstream, whatever. I know there's a, a lot of big Liam. names out there, Liam Liam Harrison and whatever, who trains yeah. in Liverpool. I've, I've met Liam, I've been around him, I've seen him train, he's unbelievable. Yeah. And I've seen him fight, he's unbelievable. But for it, for them to bill it like that, and then for it to cross over a bit, like a lot of people were talking about it in boxing MMA circles, which is why you couldn't really miss it. And then to tune in and watch it, and for it to deliver as well, I was like, mate, that was sound as fuck. That was so good. Mate, free on YouTube as well. Just there you yeah. go. Ping on. Brilliant broadcast. Western, yeah. obviously, commentary, so you can kind of, you know, get the intricacies and understand it a little bit. And then these... Mate, I love the pomp and ceremony of it as well, man, right? I love it. I've always loved all that, though. The dancing and all that and the music. Yeah. Brilliant. But then, like, that little weird... I say weird. They, they do, like, a prayer at the start. Yeah, they always thing. do that, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always all do that. that. Yeah. It was just like, this is fucking... They have, the, they have the head thing on and the arm sleeves and all that stuff. And then it's all yeah. ceremonial, man. We, we used to learn all that and shit. You know what I mean? It's funny. Mate, <laughs> full on. And then obviously, yeah. Geezer just says fight and they knock fuck out of each other. Mega. The elbows and the knees that you're throwing, Mutai, are just... Fast, fast and brutal, mate. Horrible. Horrible bastards. Mega. Great fight. Anyway, if you've not seen it, I'm sure One Championship have still got it on their YouTube channel. So go yeah. and check it out. It's just filthy. Yeah. Uh, three round, three three minute rounds in it. It's just filthy. Three threes of mayhem. Um, little bit of something on the UFC fight announcements because Dan has been dropping bombs for fun. He keeps uh, telling us about these badass fights that he's making. Last week on uh, the show, we told you obviously about uh, it being confirmed that Leon and Colby will be fighting at UFC 296. We told you that the co-main event of the flyweights were his boy, Mr. Pantoja, will be welcoming Mr. Roy Val in a brilliant, brilliant fight. Can't wait for that as a co-main event. So we've got two title fights on at UFC 296. Then he just sporadically turns up on social media, does Dana, doesn't he? He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I've got another one for you. Shabcat versus Wonder Boy. Anybody interested in that? That's like me versus you, mate. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. What a fight that is! Ultimate bracket rights. Mm-hmm. What a fight that is! Strikers paradise. Shabcat ain't gonna shoot. He ain't gonna fuck about. He's just gonna go, go on then. Let's let's do some striking. Let's see what happens. Can the point scoring of Wonderboy stop the fucking ferocious <sighs> Kazakh tank that is coming his way? I love Wonderboy. I've got nothing but respect and admiration for him, man. It's gonna be a. It's going to be a long night for him, that one. And then, on the same card, it's quite evident where this is going. Shavkat versus Wonderboy. You know that the winner of that is going to be taking on Ian Gary versus Vincente Luque. Vincente oh Luque and Ian Gary are both Kill Cliff boys, both at the mm-hmm. same gym. So don't give me the argument that Shavkat versus Ian Gary or Vincente Luque can't be made. Yes, it can. Doing it here. That mm-hmm. is the direction you would think that they are going to be shoehorning these guys together. Ian Gary, if he comes through that, taking on Shavkat, if he comes through that, UFC Dublin next year. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my How god! How good would that be? Oh my god! That's filthy, absolutely filthy. I can't see that, but it's filthy. It's a great fight. Listen, Vincente Luque versus Ian Gary. It's a brilliant fight for both guys. It's a fight that, you know, surprised me when it was announced, to be honest with you. But unfortunately, when you're fighting out of one of the best gyms in the world and there's a stellar number of leading welterweights out of that same gym, it was inevitable. Got to fight your mate sometime. Mate, so listen, I don't know how many, um, where, uh, if they've even sparred together, trained together. Maybe their cycles might have been different. They might not. I'm, I'm guessing they've been on the mats together at the very least. Um the interesting part is they both can't train at Skillcliff. So, you know, Ian, Ian Gary does his camps at Skillcliff, but he doesn't live in Florida all year round, doesn't train there all the time. Not too sure about Vincente Luque's situation, but, you know, one of them's going to be based there and one of them's not going to be based there. It's almost like a Kamara Usman situation. And then will that will the person who isn't based at Skillcliff for this fight ever return to Skillcliff? Um, if, especially with Shavkat being based at Skillcliff, and you're almost on a career together. So it's going to be interesting to see whether it's Luke or Gary that step away from that gym. Mm. And Paddy's back. And Paddy is back against Tony Ferguson. Told you. Yeah. I told you. I said on this, I said on the air weeks ago, they'll put him in with Tony Ferguson. Told you they'd do it. Told you. Because Paddy's a... Whether you like it or not, Paddy generates interest. Interest. Maybe a lot more negatively than he had done previously. Maybe a lot more people are tuning in to watch him lose than previously. But people are choosing it, cho- tuning in, motherfuckers. And Tony Ferguson is still Tony Ferguson. He ain't the same fighter. He's the artist formerly known as Tony Ferguson. But he still carries that Tony Ferguson name, even though he, it's in name only. And it's a fight that Paddy can absolutely win. And the UFC know that. The problem is, the problem is, if Paddy does win, what you do with him next? That's yeah. a big problem. This is a fight he can win. Tony Ferguson 
2023 is not the Tony Ferguson from 2020. So this is absolutely a fight that Paddy can win. But the step after this is incredibly difficult. It's a fight that Tony can win. I think it's an even matchup. I think it's a very even matchup. Of course. It's a great fight. (sighs) Look at you. Look at you. Eh? What What fuck? Mate, mate. Jane said to me the other day, honestly, Jane said the other day, she was like, I've got a few bits that I want you to put on my list for Christmas. Is there anything you want for Christmas? And I was like, Uncle Dana's give me what I want for Christmas, kid. Don't you worry about it. I'm celebrating on December the 16th when fucking me mate Paddy's fighting Tony Ferguson when the future of the sport, Shavkat, has taken on Wonderboy and our boy Leon Edwards is defending his belt and Pantoya will score me some points in our overall TNT who will be champion at the end of the year. Like, then what is not to love? And Ian Gary, what is lot to love about December the 16th? It's amazing. Emotionally, that's going to be a horrible watch. What, the whole card? Just, I know we're not supposed to do this, right? But there are certain fighters that you spend time with. Of course. And you, you're in their social circle a little bit. Paddy, Ian Gary, Leon, all on the fucking same night. Yeah. And listen, I've card. not made it. I've not been backwards in coming forwards. <clears throat> I absolutely adore Wonderboy. Fucking hell, mate. Get a heart. I'll tell you what, forget reaction cam, heart monitor cam. That's what we're doing. When we do this card, let's see how, how fast our heart rate goes. Yeah, that's, that's a weird shout, actually. Watching watching these fights because this is gonna be behind the sofa shit, mate. Proper don't, proper scraps. All of you right, but don't forget I am forever entwined with the career of Shafkat Rachmanov. Yeah, no, being yeah. the first person. On Shafkat versus Wonderboy is you against me. That's exactly yeah. what that is. The first person on British TV to mention his name when we were doing that show when it was BT Sports, and yeah, I was like, yeah, "This is did. the guy, Shavkat yeah. Rachmanov." It's the guy you've ne- no one's ever heard of him, but I tell you now, this guy is special, and he's coming to the UFC. He's proven me right more than maybe any other fighter I've tipped before. Is he a tip? Is he? But you know, Shavkat, me and him are emotionally tied together. <laughs> So as much as I love Wonder Boy, as much as I love him, who the hell hates Wonder Boy? Everybody loves Wonder Boy. Shavkat's like my baby. Do you know what I mean? Shavkat is like precious to me. He is my precious. So oh. um, what a night that's going to be, man. It what is. a night. Listen, if you can, I know it's pricey. If you can, try and be there. It's just got the atmosphere in T-Mobile at night is going to be... Mate, it's Birmingham on tour. It is going to be a Brummie invasion. I'm telling you now. It's going to be a Brummie invasion. It's going to be a magnificent, magnificent fight week. Adrenaline is going to go from zero to 100 on Monday, and it's not coming down probably until you're on the plane on the following Monday. It's going to be a joke. This is an Uh, excuse for Scousers to jump on a plane to Las Vegas for for Christmas. Christmas. Come on. It's going to be... And and the Irish. And the Irish. It's going to be like the closing parties in Ibiza. Scousers everywhere. Man bags everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be mental. And on that note, uh, thank you very much for tuning in to us. Uh, we'll be back later on uh, in the week, no doubt, if there's more news that drops from the world of UFC. We'll get stuck into all the latest talking points too. Uh, you can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. We are also on YouTube. Go and interact with us on there. Fight Disciples across that platform. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.